What's going on, everybody? Happy Thursday morning. It's the end of the week. And uh, the wheel of songs landed on Houndmouth today. Producer Luke. We have a Google sheet. I gave him a, a wheel of songs. It's got 100 artists on it. Landed on Houndmouth today. So I've been listening to this album by them all morning. And it's just... So it's just such a good song. And Houndmouth, this album, the whole entire album, so damn good. And, you know, they broke. Katie left the band, and she's doing solo stuff now. And their recent album was not as good. So I don't listen to them that much anymore. And then I go back and listen to this album, and it's like, damn, so damn good. Anyway, good morning. Hope everyone's having fun. What's up? We got Norm Shaver here. We got Scott. We got Abe, RJ. Play Don't Play, Bob Puckett. Uh, hope you guys are all having a fantastic morning. Who's in the Periscope? Hayden's here. Who's that? I can't read the name. Not Mr. Moon? What up? Anyway, how's everyone doing? I uh, hope you're having a fantastic Thursday. It feels like I feel good because it's the end of the week. Weird two weeks for... Uh, just like our schedule and content, because like the first last week was so front heavy, this week so back heavy. Yesterday was a big day. Today's another big day. Next week we'll get back to a normal load, I guess, and it'll be much more normal. We only have two things coming out today. Oh, I still have it on the windshield wipe transition, which I don't like. I was just having fun. Um, yeah, I don't understand what happened to our release schedule. That we only have two things coming out today. Well, morning. John Jake Radio at 10, and then Sequence with Trev. But, you know, tomorrow we probably have like a bajillion things coming out. So I'm confused. I think more things were supposed to be coming out today. All of our other shows. I got to get, I got to get, uh, get, figure out the schedule here. But we do have Sequence coming up. Yonder Alonzo, All-Star. Trev said he was perfect for it. Like, loved looking at his old at-bats and stuff like that. So check that out. That's everything that's coming out. Oh, I forgot to do the intro, which I forget every single time. Welcome to the morning show. It's for me. It's not for you. It's just everything I like. Bite-sized chunks of all my interests. Baseball, books, geography, some history sometimes, and music. Those are my interests. Here's a little, a little bite of each every morning, and that's what this is. So uh, we'll get to Lee Lacey. He's the random player of the day, but first we got to do the weather in Newport, Vermont. You may remember Newport, Vermont, because it's right next to Lindsay Beach, Vermont, which was the random town of the day once. Also, the shape of Newport, Vermont is so weird. They took both sides of the river. Usually it would be like one town on one side of the river, another town. 
And I was kind of looking at this last night high. And you know, when you're a high schooler and you uh, get like high or drunk for the first time and you lay up and you look at the clouds and you think about, oh, that cloud looks like this, that cloud looks like that. And then you're like, wow, this is the clouds have deep meanings and shit. Well, does this one kind of look like, all right, so an old man, this is his nose. That's his eye right there. And this is his mouth. And then he's just fucking that whatever this is. Little pot belly right there. That's his dick. Clearly he has no legs. So that's what I did last night when I was looking at this. I was like, look, that's a little face, little nose, puffed out chest. And he's just, that's his dick. And this is some sort of otherworldly being. So that's what I got on Newport, uh, Rhode Island. No, not Rhode Island. Newport, Vermont. It's 71 degrees and sunny. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. You can get in your boat and you can drive your boat to uh, Canada from Newport. Same from Lindsay Beach. Same thing. I also, you know, was gummied up last night and I had the word like drive your boat. I was like, is that what it is? Do you drive boats? And I couldn't figure it out. It sounded so wrong to me. Uh, It was like, um, I guess it's not exactly semantic satiation. You guys know what that is? You know, in the movie Knocked Up, when they're all high and they're like, uh, railroad, or what, whatever word. You say a word so much that it starts to not even sound like the word. Like railroad. Railroad? Railroad? What are they doing Knocked Up? It's not railroad, it's something other. Well, that's called semantic satiation. And uh, I kind of had that where I confused myself if drive a boat is the right word. You row a boat, but I'm not talking about a rowboat. Be sure to call customs if you're going to boat into Canada, says Scott TP. Okay. That's a great advice for everyone. Be sure to call customs. So, dude, this town in Newport, before it was even a town, they held John Stark hostage there, which is cool history. They captured him during the French-Indian War. And, and then they took him down the river and they probably landed right at the little penis head. And that's where they held him hostage. Seems like that's where they would land. If you come down the river. Yeah. Right there in the little head. That's probably where, where they held him hostage during the French Indian war. They eventually returned him. Let's see. We'll zoom in on the terrain. Wow. Summer Street. Jimmy Quick Store. That's my name. UPS. Jasper's Tavern. I'm going to guess right right here. They held him hostage. Got him. That's just my guess, though. So don't, don't hold me to it. Don't go there and be like, this is the spot where they held him hostage. I heard it. On this stupid morning show I listened to. Um, I had another note here on this. Oh, in the 1932, during the Great Depression, the city had a poor farm for the indignant. So, poor farms are weird. You know, poor houses, poor farms. You just go there and then you work. And then you get to live off what you work, but also they profit off you. It's like... Uh, voluntary... 
slavery in a, in a way. I guess, you know, without all the... No, they pro- that's probably very voluntary indentured servitude, but you're not learning a skill. Poorhouses were weird. They don't have them anymore. But Newport had a poorhouse in the, in the Depression. So, And they called it poor farm, which I think is even weirder than poor house. So that's interesting. Uh-oh. I tried to play the sound effect, but the music is coming out as well. So I'm going I'm to pause the music. Very clunky production here. Then we're going to raise the Bluetooth, and then we're going to... And that's all I have to say about that. Random baseball player of the day today is Lee Lacey. Lee Lacey had a long-ass career, and I was digging through it, trying to find some fun stories, trying to find something that stood out, and, uh, you know, nothing really got me there. But, but he was stuck. Look at this. Games, 60 games, 57 games, 48 games. He was stuck behind the great Dodgers infield. That was there forever, and those Dodgers never got hurt. He was stuck behind him. He went to Atlanta and then quickly came back. And then the Dodgers... Yeah, so the Dodgers traded him, and then I believe they traded right back for him and then stuck him right behind, you know, as a bench platoon guy again. Uh, Traded by the Dodgers to Atlanta for Dusty Baker and Ed Goodson and then traded by the Atlanta Braves back to the Dodgers for Mike Marshall because Mike Marshall was being annoying and the Dodgers didn't want to deal with him anymore. Mike Marshall was like the Trevor Bauer of his time, basically. Very ahead of the game into kinesiology and body movements and the, the science of pitching and was a workhorse, but very much had his own ideas and he teaches this weird-ass delivery. I think I did, I did a whole video on Mike Marshall and showed some of that. Um, but the thing that I found about Lee Lacey while I was doing this is he was a, quote, machine. Like, you know, so... Uh, Society for American Baseball Research, uh, Sabre, has full articles uh, on a lot of these old players. And Lee Lacey was a quote machine. Like the article opens up with, I can play this game, said Lee Lacey, for hustle and determination, I won't take a backseat to anyone. And he was like, you know, he they forced him to take a backseat to a lot of people. He said, uh, I'm a bad ball hitter, so it doesn't matter where you throw it. I don't play a lot of... I don't pay a lot of attention to fundamentals. I just attack the ball, which is, you know, if you can do that, good for you. His real name was Leondis Lee Lacey. And let me find some of these quotes. He he was, he was, uh, he was stuck and blocked and he kept saying like, I'm not a platoon player. I'm not a platoon player. But uh, when he finally signed with Pittsburgh, he got like full run and it was pretty good. So this is, he was on the Dodgers team that were winning a lot. And uh, he said, I'm not yelling about wanting to be traded or anything. I just know I can play. I can always hit. And then, oh, when he finally got put in the field because someone got hurt on the Dodgers, he had like a ton of outfield assists 
He threw out seven runners in 43 games. He was awesome, basically. He did get, he was part of the Pittsburgh drug trials, which is a blight on his record. Where's all the quotes I liked? Here it is. He said, I can play five different positions, all the outfield plus second and third. I can give them a pinch hitter. I can hit with power. I know how to win. Very, very, very sure of himself. And then he said, uh, oh, when he went to the Pirates, he finally was like, I'm the Pirates utility player. I've got to work harder because of my versatility. I have to concentrate more. There's one quote in here that he was like, I'm only a platoon player because the fuckers won't start me. (laughs) I should be a starting player. They just won't start me. So I'm a platoon player just because they platoon me. I'm not a platoon player. They just use me as one. He was the Zobrist of his day. He was Zobrist before Zobrist, but no one respected Zobrist. No one respected him as a Zobrist. And then, you know, he was, he was ahead of his time as the super utility player. Because when he finally started, I couldn't find just like one fun story. Um, when he finally started, though, let me see if I can get this on here. Where is it? Scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. Wrong. Here it is. All right, so he finally gets to Pittsburgh in 1979, and he's still used as a platoon player a little bit. And then they finally, like, start him. He gets a stretch here of four years, 1982 to 1986. And in those years, he's got, in the four years, uh, let's go, in 86, he went, he again went to Baltimore and he started too. So he finally gets a full run of starting, 82 to 86, and he's got a 112 OPS plus with a 302 batting average and 351 on base percentage. Pretty good when you consider he can also play seven positions. But it took him 10 years in the league to get that. He was just stuck. All his quotes were good. So, bam. But he did get caught up in the drug charges. Oh, oh and I also found very hard to find clips. I found a clip of... Uh, he hit uh, inside the park home run. Haven't watched this yet. Let's let's check this out. 1978, September 3rd, October 3rd, August 3rd. You dumb piece of shit, Jimmy. Learn your months. The Giants are playing. It's very black and white. All right, there's our dude, Lee Lacey. Throw the ball. One batting glove. Undershirt, simple pop-up, no one in the stands. Ah, so, okay. (laughs) Wait, did that guy catch it? Not really an inside-the-park home run. The right fielder and the center fielder collide. And, okay, he celebrated it. All right, this is a a weird highlight, but I'm going to go on the, I think the center fielder caught that ball. Let's go playback speed super slow. Because the ball ends up right between them. Hat falls off, obviously. They collide chest to chest. But I think the ball's in the center fielder's glove right here. Like, that's in his glove right there. That's probably a catch, no? And then he goes dead mode. The ball's still in his glove. Now it's on the ground. Right fielder's dead. He took a shot to the face. Now the center fielder gets up because he sees the ball on the ground. He doesn't realize he caught it. 
throws it into the left fielder, who's like two feet away, and it's an inside-the-park home run. I think if they had replay, they'd just be like, the center fielder caught that, and then it would be like, what a crazy catch to catch it mid-collision. An ugly stadium. I think he caught it. It's in his glove this whole time. Right? Am I crazy? I know we're super slow-mo, but it stays in his glove until he flops like a dead fish. I think he, I think it's a catch. My official ruling, uh, this is a tough episode for Lee Lacey because now I'm taking away a home run from him. So how many career home runs did he have? Nine, 91. I'm putting at 90 for now. For now. I got to check the tape on the rest of them. I don't know what, uh, what those are, but yeah. That was Lee Lacey. And that's all I have to say about that. Move on to a book. What's the chat doing? Um, yo, what's up? I'm a big fan of you. Can see this. That would be best. Joshua Woodward. I feel like you left out a lot of the middle words. Yo, what's up? I'm a big fan of you. Can see this. That would be the best. Can you see this? That would be the best if I can see it. I think is what you're saying. What's up, Josh? Um, Father of Man 25 says, LOL, dude celebrating as both outfielders are unconscious. Yeah, it's pretty funny to celebrate an inside the park home run that like, you know, wasn't, had 0.0 to do with your ability and skill and more to do with two dudes ran into each other and got hurt. So odd to celebrate, but maybe it was the go-ahead run or something. And then sure, celebrate away. Uh, Anyway, book, Dennis Lehane. You guys like Dennis Lehane? I got to tell you, I know some people probably tune out the book stuff uh, because, you know, not everyone likes books. I do think that, Baseball and books like go together. I think a lot of people that like baseball like books. But anyway, um, it's pretty cool, man, to have, like I talked about uh, being there and people, you know, in the chat that watch live are like, hey, I like that book. I've read that before. It's cool. I, I, it's cool. It's weird that, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. It's just cool that, that sometimes I pick a book and some people are like, dude, I read that. You should read this one, Recommendations. And it's like a little book community as well, which is probably small, probably hard to do. Probably told people, if I told my investors that I was going to start talking about books every day, they'd probably be like, uh, stick to just like baseball. I'd be like, well, I'll talk about what I like. This is for me. It's the morning show. Anyway, this book, Dennis Lehane. I think this is a great book. I love Dennis Lehane. You guys love him too. Even if you've never read books, you probably love Dennis Lehane because... Uh, do you like the movie Gone Baby Gone? Do you like the movie Mystic River? Do you like the movie Shutter Island? Do you like the movie The Drop with Tom Hardy? James Gandolfini? Like, do you like any of those movies? Because those are all Dennis Lehane books. He's amazing. Uh, he does a lot of work on movies now too. And if you really like Gone Baby Gone, that's part of a, a, a series. What's it called? The Angie McKenzie... Angie McKenzie. So Dennis Lehane is kind of like Boston noir in a way, you know, like crime detective type stuff for the most part. That's how he started. I did, uh, I did um, Daniel Woodrow and told you he was kind of Ozark noir. 
But Dennis Lehane's kind of like, you know, they're like similar. And I think they talked about each other's work a lot. But this book by Dennis Lehane, it was different. Kenzie Gennaro novels. All right, hold on. I'm going to put this on the screen. If, if you're interested in reading the book, I would try these. A Drink Before the War, Darkness Take My Hand, Sacred, Gone Baby Gone, Prayers for Rain, Moonlight Mile. They're, they're a series of two private detectives, uh, the ones from the movie Gone Baby Gone. I've read all of them. I liked all of them. Drink Before the War is good. I think Darkness Take My Hand was actually like scary. Uh, I think that one was scary. There's some really good characters. And then and then Mystic River, Shutter Island, Coronado stories. I've read those. The Drop, read that. The Drop was a short story. So anyway, let's see. Yeah, he wrote episodes of The Wire. Everyone loves The Wire. He wrote episodes of Boardwalk Empire. Everyone likes that. Mr. Mercedes, I don't know what that is. Is that good? And then he wrote it. He wrote episodes episodes of The Outsider. I really like The Outsider, which is Stephen King. I talked about how much I like that on a previous show of this too when we talked about Stephen King. Anyway, Dennis Lehane, I really like him. This book though, it's super weird. I read it when I was living in Walnut Creek, California. I was living in Walnut Creek, California, and I lived, if anyone's familiar with the area, I lived right by the library, like walking distance from the library, and I would walk to the BART station. I would get past the library. I was commuting to San Francisco for film school every day. It was like an hour commute, probably like a 10-minute walk to the BART, and then, you know, 50-minute BART ride or 40-minute BART ride, 10-minute walk. Anyway, so I would get a lot of reading done. And this book, I usually don't like commuting and reading books that don't fit in my back pocket. So this was like, okay, well, I like Dennis Lane, so I'll read this even though it's a long one. I like the feel of it. But this, you know, he's done a couple now, and he did Live by Night, which got made into a movie that I haven't seen yet nor read. It takes place after World War One. Babe Ruth's a character. He gave Babe Ruth a nickname, Git. And, uh, and then it's about like, it's a mixture of history and wealth uh, and class warfare. And, you know, after World War One, there's like revolution and the Bushniks. And there's two characters that interweave and one's a cop and and one's um, a black guy who had to run away from St. Louis because he got involved in some crime. He's a baseball player, plays against Babe Ruth in like a railroad game. I don't know, man. This one, it got it. It's uh, it's sticky. There's the memory of I have because I was walking home from film school and I had like a hundred pages left. And instead of just going back to my apartment, I was like, let's just go to the library, sit outside, drink a coffee, and read this. And for some reason, that just that image or that just memory of sitting there reading it just pops into my head nonstop you know sometimes you're like why did I just think about that it's just like a certain song or a certain like time and place just is seems to always be on the forefront of your memory uh the, just sitting and reading this book so I always think about it and I'm like why why did it have such a profound effect why do I remember that moment so well it's not anything amazing happened I was just sitting at the library reading this book but I do remember that a lady um, ordered a sandwich and then uh, forgot that bread's a main ingredient sandwich. And ha, I forgot about this. This lady at the library in Walnut Creek, I was behind her in line trying to get coffee. She ordered a sandwich. And I think I wrote about this somewhere. Oh, let me see if I can find it. And the, the counter lady... <laughs> 
goes, what kind of bread do you want? And uh, she said, um, I forgot there was bread. I can't eat bread. And just got like <laughs> so sad and walked out. Uh, like, you know, just like fucking defeated because she forgot bread was an essential part of a sandwich. She ordered a sandwich. She for, remembered she can't eat bread. She, and she just said, oh, my, I forgot. I, I forgot I can't eat bread. And she walked out. And then it was just me and the, the cashier, the clerk, looking at each other like, whoa, like what just happened? What just happened with that lady? Um, maybe that's the profound moment. I wrote about it somewhere. I wonder if it's on Twitter. I mean, I didn't have a, a following at that point at all. But, but I definitely, I had a blog then. I just write every single day. And maybe I wrote that wrote that on the blog. Bizarre. I remember that now. Same day. Mm, not on Twitter. No idea where I would have wrote that. Facebook? Fuck that. I'm not going to go there. Anyway, that was funny. Lady forgot about bread. It was so sad. It was so sad. Um, this is a good book. If you want a long one, check it out. Or check out any of his books. Maybe I'll talk about other ones later. But Babe Ruth plays a role. That's cool. Here he is. Jack gave Ruth a gentle smile. Greenwich Village, Mr. Ruth. It's in New York, Gene said. I know where it is, bub, Ruth said. Yeah, Ruth was young in here. It's like 19-year-old Ruth, Boston, Boston Red Sox Ruth, and he's calling everyone bub all the time. Just being a, being a fucking big swinging dick, Babe Ruth. Speaking of, you seen that? Swings? Anyway. Um... Abe, I'll go to the chat. Kind of done. Morning, John Boy in Periscope. Someone says, morning. How does one read and drive? I talked about that yesterday. It's not safe. But yeah, I did. I also read, you know, uh, Seabiscuit while driving. You just put it on the steering wheel and then you you just, you know, glance down, glance up. I used, That's how I used to watch baseball too when I wasn't live tweeting games. Um, I would read and then, you know, the next pitch comes and you look up and then, then you... Okay, ball two, and then you go back to reading. You probably get like a paragraph in because it takes like 30 seconds, so you look up. Um, the whole 2009 playoffs, I remember, I you know, I just crushed books while watching. Um, I always do two things at once. My brain is hard to solo focus, ADHD. I don't know what it is, but I'm always multitasking. Um, Abe Corallo. And the chat said, binging laughs from the past right now. Love Jake's indignation with you offering to kill him by pushing him downstairs. Abe, that had to be an early, early episode. Well, the whole program quit on me. Didn't even give me any signs of it not quitting. So this is just podcast audience only. Getting to hear the ending here. I don't even know where I was at. I was reading the chat. I like reading the chat. Build a little community of the people that hang out and watch this live on Periscope and YouTube. I wish there was an application that would combine the three chats of Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube because it's hard to look at all three at once. And we actually get majority of replay viewers on Periscope, but live viewers on YouTube and Facebook has a whole collection as well. On Facebook, people always tune in and say morning from, and then they place everywhere around the world. 
that they're listening to, and that is uh, really, really cool. So uh, Dennis Lehane was the book. Go check him out. Uh, I think that that was kind of the end there, but I, I needed an, an official ending. And um, I love this this version of Houndmouth. I played it in the intro, and I'm just going to play. They were at KEXP, and they did a version of Run Around Sue. And it's so good. I'm just going to skip ahead and we'll play this out. See you guys. See you tomorrow.